0: Good morning, everyone. It is Wednesday, May 31st, 2023, and that means it is time for our World Events Update with Randy, and really looking forward to catching up with Randy. You know, last week, we weren't sure what would happen this weekend. It was Memorial Day weekend, lots going on with the debt ceiling, lots going on uh, just in American uh, politics and, and geopolitically throughout the world. And so, Uh, We just had this sense of foreboding, wasn't sure what would unfold. uh, But uh, here we are. Another week has passed, and it's time once again to uh, take a look at some of the headlines and run them through the grid of scripture and see uh, what God's word says about how these things might be setting the stage uh, for the end times. And so, thanks for joining us um, today. I want to mention uh, as I come to you here from my studio beneath the sky, nestled here in the tall timbers of Colorado, that it's a beautiful day here. I mean, it really is a gorgeous, sunshiny day. Really looking forward to opening the windows, getting that mountain breeze come through uh, uh, through the windows, and uh, just thankful for the Lord. Thankful to be alive. Thankful to be serving Him. We've had a just a wonderful uh, few days of ministry. If you haven't had a chance yet to catch out uh, to catch up on our Tulsa messages, both of those are posted. I did one called Transhumanism. Creating God in the Image of Man, and the other was called The Great Satanic Reset, A New World and an Old Enemy. And if you're able to, I encourage you to watch the videos so that you can see uh, the slides and uh, see some of my visual aids uh, there. And then uh, yesterday, or actually I guess it was Monday, Memorial Day, I was privileged to be on uh, Hope for Our Times with Tom Hughes, and uh, we did a podcast. together on his show. Uh, It's also a video or podcast called The Countdown Has Begun. And boy, I was so grateful to to be a part of his show. He's such a a gracious man and and godly man who really is out front uh, sounding the alarm and and pointing people to Christ. So we have a real kindred spirit. I was grateful uh, for him. We first met back in Orlando. I followed his ministry for years. He's definitely uh, one that the Lord's been using in my life and many others, kind of an A-lister to be sure. And so I just felt like a kid in a candy shop being there uh, with him. You can check that one out uh, on the videos page of Not By Works on our Rumble channel, or of course on the podcast as well, if you just want to listen to uh, the audio. So spread the word. A lot of people Uh, know of Tom Hughes. He's got a very profound impact for the Lord, and we want you to to forward that on to some friends and uh, just uh, help us get the word out about the urgency of the hour. And then last night, uh, I hope you had a chance to tune in for our Tuesday night live stream, uh, Prophecy Night uh, with Not By Works Ministries there at Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia. I uh, had a, a great night. It was a question and answer night. You know, we were seventeen weeks into this series, and it was just a good break point to kind of take a take a break from from what we've been talking about, and just spend the whole hour and a half taking questions. And so. I had over 70 questions emailed or texted in throughout the day, and then, of course, the folks in the audience at the church itself asked questions. We didn't get to nearly all of them, only got to a handful. Uh, I will, for those of you that did email or text in, I will do my best uh, to respond by email, but can't promise anything. Uh, things have just been really, really busy uh, since we got back from Tulsa, but I'll do my best. If not, we will uh, tackle them at the Q&A in the future. We do uh, dedicate about twenty to thirty minutes each Tuesday night at the end of my message for questions and answers. So perhaps we can get to some of them um, then. So yeah, lots of good resources out there for you to check out from recent days. Uh, also excited on Friday to have a John Loffler from Steel on Steel. I mean, he's another uh, just great man of God that's been used for many many years uh, in a syndicated radio program. He recently retired. I had the chance to be on his show a couple of times and have known him for years. Uh, He lives up in uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and we spend a lot of time up there, as you may know. So anyway, I coaxed him out of retirement for at least one show, and looking forward to talking to him about apostasy in the church on Friday. So that that podcast uh, should drop sometime uh, during the day on Friday. I think we've got it scheduled for Uh, before noon, mountain time. So, by the mid-afternoon, coast to coast, it should be available for you to listen to. Well, before I bring Randy on, let me mention a couple of verses of Scripture. Just always try to find a passage to encourage me, and hopefully it encourages you, because I know the stuff that we tend to talk about in terms of headlines (laughs) and world events is not usually uh, very encouraging. So, I was drawn today to David to uh, I'm sorry Psalm 46, not a Davidic song, the Sons of Korah, uh, Psalm 46, where you'll recognize this. I'm sure we read right off the bat. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. The Lord of hosts is with us, they go on to say, the God of Jacob is our refuge. He says, the nations raged, the kingdoms were moved. He utters his voice, and the earth melted. So God really is in charge, and it's it's helpful to remember that divine uh, perspective as we see so many uh, evil things unfurling. I try to remind myself often of the words that Paul wrote uh, from That uh, house prison in Rome. After he finally arrived in Rome in 60 A.D., spent two years under house arrest, literally in chains. He had some freedom, but he couldn't really go. People could come to him. It was during that time that he wrote the so-called prison epistles. Uh, And I wonder, as he wrote Colossians in verse chapter three, verse one and two, if he wasn't preaching to himself a little bit. You know, when you're Being persecuted, when you're, you know, imprisoned, uh, things beyond your control are constraining you. You'd rather be free. You'd rather be out visiting friends and and preaching the gospel. In his case, Uh, maybe he was preaching to himself when he said, uh, "If then you were raised with Christ, and, and literally that means since, since we've been raised with Christ as a new creature, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above." not on things on earth. And I hope that's what our podcasts uh, at Not by Works always encourage you to do, uh, whether it's an interview that I've done somewhere, a video message, a a sermon from Plum Creek Chapel in the Denver area, wherever we go, we hope that we're drawing you to the Word of God, which is to say, encouraging you to set your mind on things above. You know, Paul referenced how Christ is at The right hand of God. And we know from Psalm 110, and that is a Davidic psalm, meaning written by David, that uh, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. That's Yahweh, the creator of the universe, talking to the eternal Son of God, Jesus Christ, the Lord, and telling him, sit right here until it's time. And when it's time, I'll send you back. You will come with power and great glory, as Jesus himself said in the Olivet Discourse, and take the throne. And at that time, you will rule. He will rule with a rod of iron. So until then, we need to heed the words of First Peter chapter five, verse eight, and that is: be sober, be vigilant, because our adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So uh, he's definitely on the prowl. And I'm um, eager to hear what Randy has to say, always has some good information about Russia and China. And of course, uh, we mentioned last week that you know we weren't sure what was going on with the debt ceiling. Well, it turns out the pretend debt ceiling was uh, solved again, <laughs> and uh, it really is a pretend uh, debt ceiling. And uh, so we're, uh, we're glad that we at least seem to have dodged that bullet for now. But who knows, as Randy's going to tell us it's all smoke and mirrors. And uh, as I've said many times, we don't know when they're going to decide to pull the plug on the U.S. economy and call the time of death. But until then, we want to be sober and be vigilant. So, Randy, so good to see you. I've missed kind of hanging out as we've been on the road. Looking forward to maybe grabbing lunch here soon. But uh, welcome back to the program and glad to have you. Well, thank you, sir. I'm glad you're back safely.
1: Now we can breathe a sigh of relief and you just stay home for the next six months. It'll be great. <laughs> I think most of this will transpire by then. We'll be good. <sighs> oh, so let's start off with the good stuff. Fed Now is a month away. So you should all be getting your FedNow card or your number some way so you know how you're going to be uh, blessed with this uh, soon. I don't know how they're going to break it out. I can't get anybody to tell me, but Next month, it starts. So that's one piece of good news. The BRICS nations get together in two weeks and they're gonna have their big meeting on their currency and where they're at. And the BRICS countries, of course, are Brazil, India, China, Russia, South Africa, Saudi Arabia, and there are 80 new ones that want to be members. Now, if you take the approximate 140 countries in the world and subtract the ones from BRICS, we're kind of in the minority. So things are not going good there. Uh, The debt ceiling, they're going to have a vote on that tonight. Um, You know, the debt ceiling is a joke, and I'm going to go into that in just a few minutes. But what I found interesting, really big thing that they wanted to get through as far as the Democrats go they have a pipeline from West Virginia to Virginia. And they wanted to get that passed for the last five, 10 years. And for some reason, that just happens to be in the debt ceiling bill. So it's nice that they snuck that in, they can get that now. Um, The debt ceiling is not a done deal. I'm pretty sure it's gonna be a fight. I think they're gonna probably pass it. They always do. Let's face it, we'd all be disappointed if they didn't do what we expected, right? So before we go on, there were some people that have asked about shortwave radios, et cetera. Now, there are a couple of them that um, people that I haven't answered yet. As far as the shortwave radios go, the uh, scanners, whatever you want to call them. If you're out in the open, the two best are going, going to be the Uniden, SDS 200, and the Eaton 750 Elite. Now, those have a broader range. They can have an external antenna. So if you're out in the middle of nowhere, kind of like I am in Canyon City, those might be the best. Now, they're more expensive. But if you want it to work, that's your best guess.
0: Yeah, and yeah. let me let me interject. I one of the ones that I have is a Unidin, and uh, it's it's a pretty pretty good brand. And so I can I can kind of echo that. Although you know a lot more about them uh, than I do, but yeah, uh, uh yeah that's that's a good brand.
1: Well, the thing is, they're they're different manufacturers, but I'm not going to buy them all to try them. You know, these two I've tried; these are good. So hopefully well, come that Come on Randy, surprise.
0: I mean, where's your dedication? If you really loved us, you'd, you know, you do <laughs> due diligence and we we expect more from you. No? <laughs> uh, yeah, you'll be getting my bill here okay. sometime in
1: the Ready? next month. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. Well, we
0: <laughs> uh, On second thought, I think we'll we're happy with the two that you recommended.
1: Okay. Now, a lot of people that contact me are really they're letting this get to them. Okay? All the things that are going on Uh, Please remember that Jesus Christ is the answer to all of this. He has a plan for us, but I understand the anxiety. I understand the stress, and I did find a new therapy, and this is from a Christian group of people. that really works well. It's fairly short, and I'm going to give this to you, and if you feel like you just can't handle it, Email this gentleman, and he can help you and kind of give you some ideas. His name is Dale Shower, S-C-H-A-U-E-R. And his uh, website is daleshower.com. And his new technique is called brain spotting. He will identify where the uh, tension, the anxiety, the fear, whatever is coming from, and usually one, two, or three sessions, he can help you to get through that, and you're done. So we're not talking 10 years of therapy or anything like that. This is fairly fast. And I've seen it work, and it's it's good. It's much better than um, Project Gateway or something like that.
0: Well, this I hope that
1: lead you to the bad
0: places. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, you know, I don't know this guy, but I can tell you, it certainly sounds... Biblical when you think of Philippians 4 8, when it says, Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And so, so much of our anxieties are fear of the unknown. And boy, these days when you've got things developing on every front, you, you can become consumed with uh, wondering when the next shoe is going to drop. And that's why it really is a battle for the mind. And, um, you know, as we, Paul says in that same passage in Philippians 4, which, by the way, is another one of those prison epistles, and I can't help but wonder if he's preaching to himself a little bit here, feeling a little bit anxious, but he says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer, and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. So guard your hearts and minds. That's the goal, and so we do appreciate you giving us some resources there. If you're feeling like, uh, you know, you're you're pressed to the edge, um, you know, call somebody, call me, by the way, my phone number's on our website. You know, I, I do a lot of uh, call, you know, phone calls from people that I just pray with and encourage. And so, um, feel free to give us a call. We don't want anybody to kind of be put over the edge, right, Randy? (laughs) Not yet. That is not our goal.
1: Now you're all going to be comforted because Elon Musk's Neuralink was approved for human testing. And I'll take you back three months when he was doing it with the monkeys. And they were dying and having all kinds of trouble. So I'm sure that everybody wants to get in line to be the first human. He tries this on, <laughs> uh, I'd recommend staying away from that, but then everybody does what they got to do.
0: Well, surely by uh, now they've fixed all the problems, right? They wouldn't roll out something for human use. That's, that's dangerous. Would they? <laughs> I don't know.
1: I don't know how I answer that seriously. <laughs> yeah, so, really. Uh, you know, we've got to have Guinea pigs and, um uh, They want to thin the hurt. So this will be one way to do it. Mm -hmm. And there is one other um, non-recommended thing you can do. It's called the rapturekit.org. Basically, uh, artificial intelligence is uh, developing now into an intimacy with its subjects. It's going to be sympathetic and it's going to be empathetic and it's going to get to know you. And what then it's going to do is it's going to rewrite the Bible for you. It's going to take out all of the legalistic, you know, things that people don't like. And it's just going to make it very warm and understanding. It's going to be there to take care of you when things get tough. Now, it's not going to be Christian-based anymore. Let's get that straight. This is just another tangent they've gone on to try and make money and to try to take over our brains and everything else. So if you see the rapturekit.org You want to delete that right along with the uh, Ouija board and everything else. Hmm. So know it's coming because I'm sure you're going to see somebody talking about it. And uh, good thing to stay away from. Now, into the stuff we always like. Okay. Hurricane season is supposed to be worse than it's been in 20 years. El Nino is coming through. The uh, waters in the Gulf are extremely warm. And so we're going to have many more hurricanes, and they will be much more intense, according to the NOAA, which is the National Oceanic Administration. Now, I will caution you on this. When I was working Hurricane Katrina, we were down in beautiful Louisiana, and we actually had gone over to Galveston, and we were sitting in the restaurant. We're watching the weather channel, all right? Now, it's a calm day. Nothing had hit yet. But we're watching a weather channel and the weather channel was doing their cast from right out in front of the restaurant. They had fans set up, they had umbrellas set up. They were using a hose and wind and making it look like there was a hurricane right there. We're sitting in the restaurant 30 feet away, laughing, going, there's nothing taking place here. Yeah. So be careful what you believe when you watch it on TV, because if the Weather Channel will do that, you know, everybody will.
0: Right? Oh, no, no question. And and Randy, uh, by the way, let me mention, I know we're picking up new listeners all the time, especially uh, with great thanks to, uh, to Tom Hughes and and hope for our times. Uh, we might have some new listeners this week. Randy is, uh, I don't know, I just call him the smart guy. I mean, he has a, a brilliant mind, well-connected, lots of sources, 30 plus sources uh, deep in, in places like the military uh, government uh, and and business. Uh, he's a private eye. Uh, he's EMT. Uh, just got a, a varied background that really makes him uniquely situated to provide insights and commentary on uh, the news. So not infallible. Uh, you would agree with that, right, Randy? You're not infallible? Of course. Okay. Yeah. Cause I talked to Lori and she can't kind of show some reasons <laughs> why. <laughs> but, we should, uh, stop. We should yeah. stop now. Then. Yeah. So, uh, so, neither of us are infallible, but we do do our best to kind of uh, brainstorm and, and talk about current events, headlines, and see how that these things might relate to Bible prophecy. Uh, so, anyway, that's who Randy is. We are on every Wednesday. Uh, sometimes we have to vary that because of my schedule or his, but generally it's every Wednesday of. Uh, The week, but yeah, talking about that fake news there with the um, weather uh, forecasters—that's something that goes way, way back. Of course, I've talked about Operation Mockingbird quite a bit through the years. I've got a chapter on that in uh, *Spirit of the Antichrist*, Volume One. Uh, But one of the more notable cases that I know our listeners have probably heard me talk about before, but since you brought it up, is you know back during the first Gulf War, uh, CNN uh, which was fairly new still at that time, just a few years old. Uh, they did a broadcast where they claimed their two reporters all decked out in military gear with their helmets and stuff were on site in, uh, Iraq. Uh, and you could hear bombs exploding in the background and so forth. Well, kind of like what you experienced there. Uh, it turns out they were on the roof of the CNN building in Atlanta with a, a green screen and, you know, some props and, uh, when they, they when they were caught CNN admitted it but their excuse was well you know the news that we were reporting about what was happening in Iraq was accurate we just wanted to protect our you know uh, reporters and keep them out of harm's way but there've been countless i mean maybe countless is an exaggeration but dozens for sure of examples when it comes to weather where what you're seeing on the screen when you know reporters are supposedly trying to stave off the wind and the rain, and they're they're actually just in a studio with a green screen. So, uh, boy, these days uh, you just don't know what to believe. Uh, but Randy makes a good point. Uh, we're heading into hurricane season. Sounds like a good opportunity for a false flag to me.
1: Yeah, well, there's so many of those for choices anymore. I don't know where we where we'd start and stop. Yeah, The uh, banks are having trouble again today. Uh, I'm sure they're nervous about the debt ceiling. Um, State Farm Insurance quit writing insurance in California because of the uh, losses from the fires and the um, theft claims, all of this kind of stuff. So they're not writing any new policies. There will be many more companies to follow that. Now, we'll talk about the debt ceiling here for a second, and then you can have this great sense of, ease that I have. All right. The debt ceiling is, without a doubt, the biggest joke of anything I've ever seen. The debt ceiling um, are, I think, we're just about $32 trillion in debt this morning. It was just under it when I looked at it. Now, that's the U.S. debt. That doesn't include personal debt. Okay. Right now, the personal debt in the United States on mortgages is $19,916,000,000,000, da 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 Student loans are $1.8 trillion. The American credit card debt is $1.5 trillion. Now, let that soak in for just a minute because we're going to go over some other figures here. All right, the US debt right now is at 1.2%, or I should say 120% of the GDP. So in other words, all of the money that we bring in to the United States, taxes, excise taxes, sales taxes, we're spending 27% more than what we're bringing in. So, you know, this will put it in perspective. There are 27,117,000 people in the United States that are living in poverty. Hmm. There are 604,558 that are homeless. There are 42,812,839 that have no insurance. Mm. There are 43 million living on food stamps. There are 18 million veterans. There are 70 million Social Security recipients. Okay, so... When you look at that, now we have disabled, we have 8,714,000 people. On Medicare, 84 million. On Medicaid, 63 million. The population of the United States is 334 million. There are 127,960,638 people actually working. So as you can see, we are so far upside down in this country of what is being brought in and what is the debt that it, it can no longer be sustained. So whatever they do with the debt ceiling, it just doesn't matter because the total debt, let me get to that real quick. Okay, the total unfunded debt in the United States is $187 trillion Nine hundred and forty-three billion five hundred and twelve million two hundred sixty-three thousand seven hundred ninety dollars, and that changes by the second. Now, what is an unfunded liability? That means that we owe for things that we have no mechanism set up to pay. So, in other words, the thirty-two trillion—yes, we're we're in debt that far, but we have taxes and stuff. But we still have this other hundred and. Um, $55 trillion dollars that's out there that we owe, yes. but it's not being considered and it's not being paid.
0: Yeah. And some experts say that the unfunded liabilities are actually in the quadrillions, depending on how, how much exactly. you actually uh, count. Uh, but it's, you know, it's things like Social Security. It's it's all of the, uh, you know, just the, the guarantees that the government makes with nothing to back it. Um, what really struck me with those numbers that you were just reeling off is the personal debt you know it's one thing to recognize as i've talked about for you know a couple of decades now that the united states as a nation is bankrupt and has been you know forever uh i mean since well in 19 in 1980 we went from being the world's largest creditor nation to being the world's largest debtor nation almost overnight and right. uh, and then it's just gotten worse and worse and worse so i believe it's all a smoke and mirrors it's a house of cards that at some point when the luciferians are ready to bring down america that's going to be one of the key Parts of their you know unfreezing event, their catastrophe is going to be uh, economic. I can I can just almost guarantee you that the economics are going to be a part of it. Now they won't be the only part of it. They've got a lot of other tricks up their sleeve. But I think what we're saying here is that you know when you when you wake up and you you've got a roof over your head, and you go to Walmart, and you buy stuff, and things seem to be fairly normal, you really can be blinded to reality. And, and if you stop and just look at the raw numbers here, it is stunning. I mean, a trillion dollars of credit card debt, nearly $20 trillion of mortgages. Um, I mean, you know, you, it's just uh, student loans. <laughs> um, So, it it really is I'm not trying to scare you here, but it really is something that we have to be jolted back into reality. Uh, you know the poor. You mentioned uh, the poor. You know God's word tells us that it's the people of God's job to take care of you know the poor. Um, you know Proverbs fourteen thirty one for example. He who oppresses the poor reproaches his maker, but he who honors him has mercy on the needy you know, uh, so we're, we're told again and again to 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 take care of one another, not subcontract that out to a pagan, Luciferian-controlled uh, government. Uh, and not only that, but it's all part of their scheme to make us poor. You know, when you don't have the means and the resources, then you're forced to take the shot or sign up for the biometric ID or, you know, get on government, a subsidy. So um, I think it's time for people to kind of get a dose of reality here, and hopefully begin thinking about you know how can I survive in spite of the government? How can I survive without the normal systems that I have grown so accustomed to?
1: Well, that's that's, that's an excellent point because if we took every piece of personal property, real property, houses, and land in the United States we could not pay off the national debt now when the wef says you're not going to own anything and you're going to like it i can tell you right now there's going to come a time when you're going to take your property because we're so bankrupt that bankrupt isn't even a good word for it we have so much debt that i can't even fathom that kind of money being in the hole and being able to go put gas in my car Mm. i I shouldn't have a cent left, neither should our children or our grandchildren. So the debt ceiling is interesting in that we're going to watch what kind of games they play with it. But remember, the FDIC said some Friday, we're coming in and things are going to change. And Mr. Moriarty, the uh, the economist said, 50 years of change in six months. Mm. And that six months started three weeks ago. So when you look at the forecasts, There is no doubt in my mind that we're going to go to some other type of currency besides what we have. Um, Fed now is the beginning of the CBDC, unless we go with the SDR, which no need to get into that again today like we did last week. What I'm saying is the truly, truly distressing times are coming. They're coming quickly. And as I said, I think the first time two months ago, June, July and August. Will be the biggest changes we've seen in our life. The BRICS Nations are going to have their meeting in two weeks. All of these loans to the banks that were temporary come due and have to be repaid. Student debt has to start being repaid. The 1.3 trillion in um, auto loans that are belly up and behind there in default, somebody's going to have to rectify that. So things are going to get ugly very soon.
0: Yeah, um, and, and let me give up some perspective on that. Someone that, that you and I were having lunch with a few weeks ago p- pointed this out, and I thought it was pretty profound uh, in terms of really how this has been a calculated effort to devalue the American dollar. If you go back to 1971, when we went off the gold standard, that, at that time, if you had put one ounce of gold, which was worth about $37, I just looked it up, uh, in a safe deposit box, and you'd put $37 cash next to it, and you were to go back today and open that safe deposit box, that $37 of cash would still be $37, but that one ounce of gold would be $2,000 roughly speaking uh, because gold has inherent value, and it has increased in value, and that's why I talk so much about metals. I'm not a precious metals dealer, and I'm not a financial advisor, but I learned years ago that the biblical term for money is silver in Scripture. That's what the Greek word actually means. Uh, It is made by God. There's a limited supply. It's not something that is created as a fiat uh, by man. It's created, you know, not by fiat, but by God, and it has inherent value, and paper is just paper. It's not worth the paper it's written on. It can be manipulated. It can be, uh, you know, you know, raised and lowered. Now, in the gold and silver markets, they're manipulating that as well. Everything is manipulated. But that actual physical piece of gold coin or bullion or bar or whatever you have, same thing with silver. It cannot change its value. And someday. When the economy collapses, that's what you're going to be able to use, uh, you know, for for bartering. But when people say inflation's not that bad, uh, just think about that illustration.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's truly mind boggling, and I hate to take a lot of the podcast with that stuff, but people need to start understanding the game is over. We just have to prepare the best we can for what's left. Now, one thing I noticed yesterday and that we talked about a few weeks ago is Serbia and Kosovo. That is really starting to heat up. Um the Serbians and the they they're, they're going to get into another war. I can see it coming. But I listened to a gentleman by the name of Alexander Pavic, P A V I C, and this was on redacted. So if you want to go back and listen to the podcast, it's worth your time. But it seems like there are, I think there are four countries in Europe that are not members of NATO. Ireland, Moldova, Ukraine, and Serbia. Now, back in 2000, 1999, when the Serbia, Kosovo, Bosnia fiasco was going on, uh, at that time, they were trying to get them into NATO. They didn't want to get into NATO, so they made it tough on them. And this gentleman made one comment that stood out and raised the hair on the back of my neck. He said the reason they wanted Serbia into that group of NATO is that would have made the ancient Roman Empire complete. Mm. That was their goal. And I'm going, that just kind of creeps me out because where do we keep looking for the Antichrist to come from? Yeah, I mean,
0: Roman Empire, the revived Roman rem- Empire. That's right, and that's right. straight out of Scripture. Daniel makes that very clear in Daniel two and Daniel seven, uh, that we're going to have a revived, um, you know, Roman Empire. That fourth kingdom is going to be, you know, reinvigorated, and it's going to once again, you know, oppose Christ, and the Antichrist is going to rule over it from Babylon. By the way, that was one of the questions I didn't get to last night, but I do believe. That Babylon is going to literally re, be rebuilt, um, and uh, I think that that that's you know what the Bible teaches, and it's going to be his home headquarters, if you will. Uh, although he'll have many outposts uh, during the the seven year tribulation. I think if the United States is still around in some form or fashion, that New York City could be an outpost. Obviously, Rome is going to be an outpost uh, for the religious center of that revived empire. Uh, but very interesting that they would make that comment, Randy.
1: Well, and the thing is, it shows how deeply they're thinking about this. We're we're thinking Serbia, Kosovo, no big deal. The Ukraine, Russia is just a skirmish. But there are people behind them, the Luciferians, that have so much deeper of a plan than what we even recognize. I mean, let's look. Okay, Erdogan in Turkey was reelected. That's good news because we know what's coming now. Lindsey Graham has an arrest warrant out for him. Lindsey Graham says he likes to see the Russians die and he'll pay whatever it takes.
0: Tell me Uh, about that. I I hadn't heard that about Lindsey Graham. I've talked about him a lot. I have some pretty. Oh, uh, yes. The the
1: The other day he was on the news and said, you know, he considers the money sent to Ukraine to kill the Russians as money well spent and that we should spend whatever it
0: takes. Right, I heard I heard that but what's this about an arrest warrant? Well, that evidently got Putin's
1: attention. Hmm. So he had an arrest warrant for Mr. Graham oh. to be <laughs> arrested and extradited to the Soviet Union. <laughs> now what what they do with Lindsay once they get there, I'm um, thinking we're not talking tea and crumpets. <laughs> so you know it could be really interesting. Yeah. But, you know, Zelensky has now said that their goal is to kill Putin. Putin has said it is their goal to kill Zelensky. And Joe Biden says his son died in Iraq when his son actually died in the United States from cancer. So if he's a world leader, somebody needs to plug in the new chip, give him the new information, and let's get with the current stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, he, who knows with him? He's so. You know, if he's even real, he's he's certainly mentally given several examples of not being able to think analytically or think on the spot. So he could have just misspoke or he could have been exposing a lie. Who knows? Well, he gets up at
1: 10 o'clock in the morning.
0: Oh, wow. he's early he's usually, room. no, no, they
1: don't <laughs> take anything to him until he's functioning. And then back at four o'clock, he's ready for supper and then retiring. So when he, he's at all these meetings at NATO, he misses most of them. Yeah, He is not in attendance. So just understand, we have no idea what's going on because our president's sleeping through it. Now, Russia. Russia is becoming a concern. Um, it was only a matter of time, but now we have hit the wall. Um, the rain is starting to subside. Uh, last week, it was 87 to 90% chance of rain every day. But now where the fighting is going to be taking place in the Ukraine, it's down to 2 or 3%. The temperatures are higher. Within the next week or two, that area will be dried out. Now, the Ukrainians keep saying that they're going to launch a counterattack against Russia. And I'm going, what are you going to launch it with? Okay, they have some troops. Um, that little move they made on Moscow the other morning where they um, hit it with the drones. Putin came out last night and said... You do that again, and we're going directly to the tactical nukes. And there's no stop, no go, pass go. That's where they're going. So now we know what's coming. Um, a month or two ago, we talked about all of the material, the uh, trucks, the tanks, etc., in Gadea or Gadea, whatever it is, Poland. Now, guess what? They're not there. So where did they move all that to? Uh, Kaliningrad. Now has ICBMs and medium range nuclear weapons pointed at Europe. They are ready to go. Um, tactical nukes are being moved into Belarus. I hate to tell everybody they've been there for a month, but whatever. That's okay. Um, it seems like the Russians come up with an extra 3,000 tanks. They just took that out of storage and they're not going west, they're going east. Now, Russia has no threat to the east unless they're pre-positioning them to move them down towards Iran in the future. So you take that 100,000 troops, those 3,000 tanks, Putin is thinking way ahead of what everybody's thinking he's going to be doing in the Ukraine. He's getting ready for the next step. He's got a million to a million two troops ready to go into the Ukraine. I think what they're going to do is they're going to go all the way to Kiev, and I think what they're going to do is work out a deal with the Poles. Poland thinks that they should take care of that part of western Ukraine. I think the Russians will say yes, because then we don't have to worry about guerrilla warfare. You take care of them, you keep them out of our hair, we're good. Then they'll go south towards Moldova, Bulgaria, right into where Turkey is at, and that'll be right in Istanbul, where the uh, once they get down there into the Dardanelles, they can move their ships from the Black Sea to the Aegean Sea into the Mediterranean, and they can go anywhere from there, and that's what they want to do. So with Erdogan being reelected, saying he needs Russia, Russia needs him, um, Turkey is starting to think about joining the BRICS group for their... Um, economics. They're already aligned somewhat with the military. So I would say that we are at the end, where the Gog-Magog alliance is finally set. And now it's a matter of time. When do they move? How do they move? But it's coming.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Well, so um, I've got just a couple of comments uh, here when we close out, but anything else that's pressing that uh, you think we should uh, be aware of anything on the horizon? Any of your sources? I know last time uh, you had kind of been told some things that um, you know the folks weren't hundred percent sure about, but they thought it was relevant enough to kind of pass along. And of course, we don't know what when they're ultimately going to pull the the strings there. But anything else on the horizon?
1: They are definitely anticipating the cyber warfare and an EMP. That's why the sat phones were given out to the senators. That's why the aircraft above the United States is exceedingly heavy as far as the military. Uh, Two days ago, there were 146 military jets in the U.S. airspace. I don't know what they're doing, but yesterday we watched the large strato tankers. They're all up refilling somebody. We know that. They don't go up there just for nothing. Um, China's getting ready to cut the internet and cable to Taiwan. They've got everything in place. They're ready to do it. We think the Russians probably, along with the Chinese, have got that for the United States and Europe and for Hawaii to the United States ready. So it's a matter of what is going to, what's going to be the situation where they use it. It looks pretty definite they're going to use it now, especially with the troop movements, the buildup. So it's just, one thing that sets them off whether we do something with biden moving troops f-16s or whatever or if somebody attacks russia again if they attack moscow watch out
0: yeah and you know and i'm kind of keeping one eye on on uh, you know our own homeland here and uh, to that end just yesterday may 30th i saw an article where uh the homeland security has issued a new threat alert uh, saying that they think there's a heightened threat, quote unquote, this is DHS, of attacks on churches, cops, and feds ahead of the 2024 election. So I think they're telegraphing uh, this. Uh, you know, they're they're saying uh, the bulletin, for example, said in the coming months, factors that could mobilize individuals to commit violence include their perceptions of the 2024 election cycle uh, and other sociological, sociopolitical. Uh, issues. So uh, they tend to telegraph, you know, we've talked before about the uh, Luciferian uh, credo, where they like to tell you what they're going to do before they do it, but often in a cryptic manner. Um, so this could be just stage setting, it could be controlling the narrative and sort of making people think in those terms. But, uh, you know, it's it's always interesting when we get these kinds of alerts, uh, what's, uh, what's 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 going to happen. So Well, the
1: Chinese, their military will not talk to our military. They don't want to do it in person. They don't want to do it by telephone. They've just cut themselves off. Now, that's concerning. You know, North Korea just attempted to launch another satellite and had pretty much their usual luck. It went into the sea. Uh, But we know they're working together. And if China's not talking to us, that means something on the order of, What are they doing? Where are they doing it at? Now, we know that they're sending thousands of their male uh, 21 to 48 year old individuals into the United States. No families, no jobs. And you have to think that is part of the plan. Now, do they go ahead and hook up with the terrorists we know that are already here? Probably. I imagine we're in for an attack on the homeland. We can't even imagine yet.
0: Yeah, I mean, speaking of uh, setting the stage or sort of uh, preparing the way, you know, we go back to that, you know, big uh, balloonapalooza or you know the big balloon hubbub with <laughs> uh, with uh, with China, and uh, I think that was just conditioning us that you know China is an enemy, and which they are, of course, uh, and that uh, you know they're spying on us and they're preparing for something. It's all kind of subtle pieces of the chessboard being uh, put together, but. Uh, you know, a lot of experts out there have been saying, I talked about this a couple sessions ago, it might have been last session, I can't remember, but uh, on World Events Update, that, you know, they're they're saying that we're going to see an attack on the homeland, that, you know, Joel Skousen's been out there saying that for, um, you know, well, as long as I've listened to him, 20 years at least, Uh and, you know, this is this is something that we're not thinking about. We're not accustomed to that. We've been so blessed in this country uh, throughout our history to to not be really attacked by a foreign enemy. Of course, we had nine eleven, uh, which changed the world forever. and 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 we won't get in uh, to that. But there hasn't been a full on conventional war against across our homeland. Uh, and that's something that I think if the Lord tarries is coming is a very real, a possibility. Remember, I talked about an economic crash, but that being just part of an overall unfreezing scenario that brings down America. I think that scenario very likely is going to involve, uh, you know, some type of war and and probably a hot war. Don't you think, Randy?
1: Definitely. I mean, the Chinese are trying, they have their people in their their space station. They're trying to put a man on the moon. They want to have an actual base on the moon in five years. And they decided over the week, or last week, they're going to dig a hole 32,508 feet deep. What for? I mean, what do you want a hole that deep for? Are they looking for more oil, different kind, different kinds of resources? I mean, the Russians got one 20 or 30 years ago that was 40,000. So they're doing all kinds of weird things that make, make no sense because we only get part of the information. But we know that antibiotics and medicine are getting tougher to get because they're not shipping them. We know we're in a war over AI with them, and it's just a matter of time before it breaks. Yeah. And this is going to be sooner or later, I'm afraid.
0: Yeah. So, you know, we started out the show today of talking about, uh, you know, from Psalm 46, Uh, you know, how God is our refuge and strength and how we need to set our mind on things above and how our citizenship is in heaven. And I want to return as we close out here to that same uh, concept. You know, it occurs to me that we're living in a time where we, we have this juxtaposition of both, you know, the excitement of Bible prophecy, you know, being fulfilled right before our very eyes, or at least the stage being set for that. We see all kinds of signs of the times, as Jesus told us to look for that indicate His coming could be soon. Uh, we 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 trust the Lord. We we understand Bible prophecy, and we're we're seeing it play out. But yet at the same time, there are all these really stresses and pressures and uh, issues that that are not good, that are negative, negative. and we worry sometimes about our children and our children's children, and we we kind of wonder what kind of world you know are they going to have if the Lord doesn't come back, and so. You know this juxtaposition of both of those things and trying to to wake up every day. and and, as Nehemiah said, "Let the joy of the Lord be my strength," reminded me of a couple of just anecdotal experiences I had early in ministry where I, I felt that same, uh, you know, sort of juxtaposition, that contrast between joy and yet pain or difficulty. Um, and one related to you know, the birth of our uh, first child. Uh, You know, the day my oldest daughter was born, I was pastoring at the time, and, uh, you know, that uh, morning when she gave birth, I was at the hospital, of course, the whole time with Wendy, and it was a joyous moment, and just, you know, anybody who's ever had a child understands what that's like, especially the first firstborn, Um, and then that afternoon, I had a funeral. I had to go do a funeral at the church, and so I left my wife and our baby at the hospital and had to go kind of shift gears, put on a different hat instead of husband and father and the joy of a new um, baby I'm I'm putting on a suit back then you wore suits at church and and I'm I'm helping this grieving family as they're laying their uh, loved one uh, to rest and I just remember at the time I was just a young man, I think 25 years old or so uh, and thinking just about how it was almost too much to bear how I just didn't have a a category. To kind of press pause on my on my joy, and and then help think about you know death and and the loss of a loved one, and then also you know not too uh, long after that, I kind of had the reverse happen where I was uh, I was experiencing a negative circumstance. Actually, it was physical pain because I had been playing. Uh, uh, football with a bunch of other twenty-somethings at our church uh, up at the high school football field. We were actually playing tackle football, and mm-hmm. uh, and I got, I know it's it's so funny to think of it. You know, you think we'd grow up, but we 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 weren't grown up yet. Still aren't in many ways. But anyway, we uh, I got tackled in just just excruciating pain. I just hit really really hard on my right hip. I could barely walk. They carried me off the field, and later that afternoon. I had a wedding scheduled at the church and had to go do this wedding. And I'll never forget because at one point I had to step off the stage and turn around because at the midpoint of the ceremony, when it was time for the vows, I like to have couples turn and face the congregation because they're saying their vows before the Lord and before the assembled witnesses, and so it always struck me as odd that the crowd is looking at the the backs of these of the bride and groom. And so I always like to, at that point, you know, I talk to them, the bride and groom, first, and share a short message and so forth. Then when they get ready to say their vows, we turn around. Well, I could barely step off the stage; I was, I just couldn't move, and it was in excruciating pain. And yet it was an exciting time. It was a young couple. It was a, t- a joyous occasion. Asian, and I'm trying to not let the pain show on my face. And so you know both of those little anecdotes come to mind as I think about what we're facing today this this contrast between the joy of the Lord, the faith and trust we have in him and yet you know the grimacing that that goes on you know as we as we look at what's falling apart, uh, around us, and so I, you know, I would just encourage folks to do what Paul said there in, in Philippians: set your mind on things above. Um, you know, remember that we're citizens of heaven. Don't become consumed uh, by the negative and all that's happening today, but but really focus on what the Lord is doing and let that bring a smile to your face. So, any closing thoughts, Randy? If
1: you see the airspace around Moscow closed, that's when you want to get
0: excited. And what would that indicate that they're about to do something or we're about to do something?
1: They're about to do something. Mm. They'll keep all the aircraft out of there and that'll be a warning to the world that something's coming up.
0: Yeah. Well, let, let us know and let me know. And obviously as always, we're so grateful for your time and your insights. And uh, if something, uh, you know, really urgent occurs, um, let me know. We'll, we'll fire up the podcast and, and give a, uh, another a special a report on on that but uh in the meantime uh just want to say thanks again to everyone in the not by works family you're all a great encouragement to me i you know I, I get uh my share of uh of hate mail from time to time and it seems like the broader our stewardship the more cutting it is someone who had a profan delaced email to me just yesterday uh, calling me some names that i can't repeat on the air obviously uh Uh, That uh, just didn't agree. They thought uh, they were very anti-Semitic, and they thought the Jews are the ones that are ushering in the Antichrist and gonna, you know, control the world, and it's all the Jews' fault. And just uh, uh, so you know, I I get those types of things, and uh, but my wife's always good about saying, you know what? Just don't even give it a second thought. Just keep your eyes fixed on the gospel. Remind people that it's only through faith alone in Christ alone that they can be saved. Uh, That's what our passion is here at Not by Works, the clarity, accuracy, and urgency of the gospel. And uh, if you're listening to this program and you've not trusted in Christ, let me tell you, today's the day. Don't put it off. We're not promised tomorrow. And Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only one who can forgive sin and give you the gift of eternal life. And you receive it simply by placing your faith in him and him alone. So I hope if you've not done that and by God's providence, you stumble upon this uh, podcast today that you will make that a, a priority today. Even right now, What whatever you're doing, stop and say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner and I cannot save myself. And I'm trusting in you and what you did for me on the cross uh, to pay my penalty for sin and give me the gift of eternal life. For the rest of us, if you already know the Lord, keep looking up. Uh, You know, a better day is definitely coming. Uh, We're excited about what the Lord's doing. Drop us a line if we can ever help with anything. Continue to keep us in your prayers, prayers for protection and for strength as I continue to work on this next book. And if you're ever in the Denver area, come out and see us at Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia. You can find the links to that up at our website uh, at notbyworks.org. We have worship at 8.30 and 10 o'clock every Sunday and Prophecy Night on Tuesdays at 6 o'clock Mountain Time. So God bless everyone. Until next time, have a great rest of the week.